You are listening to the Uncovered Canvas Podcast, and we'll be right with you. I can legitimately say, you know what? That was legitimately fun, entertaining, and I wish I kept going. Whereas mm-hmm. some of them, I'm like, you want to know what? That was a satisfying end. I wouldn't feel sad if we never got any more episodes because that was legitimately, I could sit down and watch the whole thing just like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I even go back and rewatch all of the music videos that they had for Phineas and Ferb, and they have like 300 music videos, including Ugh. the movies. That's nuts. Yeah. But they're, it's, they're all good. Like, most of the songs are banger. The ones that aren't banger are still pretty good. Like, I didn't expect myself to be such a huge fan of that show. But I, I did end up becoming one. It's a <laughs> solid, great show, you know what I mean? Like, Phineas and Ferb is that cartoon that you can just sit down and enjoy a random episode. And not really... Because it's not serialized. So the only mm. time they actually, I mean, some, there are some little tidbits in there, but those, it's vague and generic enough to where if you didn't watch the other episodes, it can still make sense. Like, obviously, yeah. um, uh, Candace and her are like, oh, I got to expose the boys and everything. Yeah, her running gag. Which apparently, so I watched a review, or kind of mm-hmm. like an analysis video. Right. On how and why Phineas and Ferb worked where it shouldn't have. Because traditional media, like, uh, Phineas and Ferb are basically Gary Stews, right? They're Jesus figures. They can do no wrong, and nobody hates them, and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, they were pretty um, basic as characters. To, to call them right. characters is kind of laughable, but, I mean, they're still fun. They're just, like, you, you can kind of get around like, it. In the whole thing, they're, like, no villains. There's no sense of conflict or anything like that, uh, traditionally speaking. But the only sense of tension comes in the form of Candace which Milo Murphy's Law lacks. They lack any kind of Candace-esque character, which is partly why that one failed where Phineas and Ferb succeeds, because a lot of the shows revolved, a lot of the episodes in Phineas and Ferb revolved around not necessarily what the boys were doing, because nobody really cared what they were doing. It was more so watching Candace Wiley Coyote them into, like, trying to, trying to, uh, you know uncover their plots and uh, expose them and stuff like that and just like failing that so it's very much like a looney tunes-esque kind of relationship they have where phineas and ferber the roadrunners and candace is the wily coyote but in milo murphy's law it's like it's just the roadrunner <laughs> so it's like oh <laughs> okay so because you brought up looney tunes and we're talking why things work and what things don't Real quick, do you remember a cartoon called Lunatics Unleashed? I do. Uh, is... I was so I was so hyped because that came out when I was like 12, 13 years old. Exactly. I was like, bro, <laughs> like because I didn't give a shit about Looney Tunes, but this, this I could get behind because it was like in the same vein as like um the TMNT future one where they go into the future. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Fast forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fast forward. So it was like, and it like shared it shared spot on Jet X around the same time. Wow. So, I, or Fox Kids, if you didn't have Jet X, there was also yeah. that. But it's weird uh, how they do it. Yeah. Yeah, Jet X was like a TV block that they had on Fox uh, for a little while. Uh, and then they moved it to digital once digital cable became a thing. But then if you didn't have digital, you would have to just watch Fox Kids after the news. Did you know so. Code Lyoko was on Jet X in some countries? Yeah, I do know that. That's um, nuts. That was nuts to me. I accidentally ended up on the wrong version of Jet X website. Mm. And I'm like, wait, Code Lyoko's on here? It's, that was so weird to me when I was like trying to find the right website, but obviously I went to the wrong country, so that's nuts to me. Uh, yeah, it was on JetX in the countries that didn't have Cartoon Network, I believe. Man, that's in here. I'm thinking, dude. I I watched someone analyze the first episode, and it was so surreal because the first I episode's for- absolute dog shit too. It's the teddy bear one where the little <laughs> it's fucking the Viking. It's the Viking ones. That's the first episode. Uh, well, the first one in the first one in airing sequence is the teddy bear one, where that little girl oh, right. had a crush on Ulrich. Remember, okay, so <laughs> he brought it up in the video too. Not only did this thing get two seasons, but it aired. It got. Um, I don't know how they split it up. So what There's, they did uh, was yeah, era one and era two. Yeah. So what they did was they aired the first season out of order. Yes. So yes, for the first the the pilot episode because we talked about pilots before is the Viking episode where oh. they freeze over the town and they try so hard to like do not comedy because it's Looney Tunes. Any other random thing is funny, but not every second is funny. It's the problem that they you have with like modern quote unquote comedic games where you can't have your cash shut the fuck up. I remember there's this guy I watch on YouTube named Civet, and he did a review of Destroy All Humans, the reboot. And his fear for these older games getting reboots now is, oh, this game's funny, so you can't have your you, you it's a funny game. You can't not have your characters not uh, quipping, not making jokes every other fucking line. So the 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 operator in Destroy All Humans is Invader Zim. That's who you're listening to for the majority of the game. How do you make a game make me not want to listen to Invader Zim? Wow. It's not like, Wait, which, episode, which episode is the Viking episode? Okay, so that's technically the pilot. That's supposed to be the first one. I lucked out, and I guess I watched the reruns when it was in order because it showed up on... Well, I'm trying to see which one. because there. Okay, so there's... Two different air dates we have here, which is a French right. air date and a U.S. air date. In the U.S. and in France, the first airing episode, so the premiere episode, not the pilot, premiere episode is Teddy Godzilla, which is the teddy bear one where that girl has a crush on Ulrich. Right. Um, but the pilot episode came out in 2001, and that one's called Garage Kids, um, which is well, different. The... Oh, because then that... That episode probably used the original designs that they had because if you remember it, the because there's always like you know testing and a lot of screenings and stuff, and the designs that we got in the final versions of the show were less edgy 
than their original designs. Yes, so it must have been the Garage Kids is what you're talking about. I don't remember anything about it, but I do remember that Lyoko wasn't called Lyoko. It says here it was called Xanadu. Xanadu? What? Yeah. Wow, that's nuts. And there wasn't, like, they were fighting the world itself as opposed to some AI entity that is in the world. Yeah. Because we are like a star shining bright on the world. Today, that's an exit song. This episode, that's an exit song. I have to, you know, I'm gonna find that so I can put that in there, right? It's literally (laughs) everywhere. They even have the original album version on Spotify, dude. That's such a good song. My okay, so I I know we're gonna be uh, tangent, tangent, but I know, uh, okay, in school, uh, uh, the quote unquote first technical episode of season one that they intend for you to watch because it's on the DVD and it's all the all the shenanigans inside. It's Lunatics on Ice. Yes. So it is so weird how there's like three different versions of the damn thing that we saw. There's the airing one that we got. There's the one that other people got. Then there's the one that was produced first as the pilot. And then there's the first actual episode of the series, which is... Oh man. So the uh, point here, then I'll go back. When I... in music class when i was very young when code lyoko was still airing the original time it aired right the first time no it's still season one yeah the first time it aired it's still ongoing we're like in the very beginning ish area of season one in music class my teacher started playing the opening and it was the full song, not the actual like bits that we get, because they kind of cut it up like an anime opening where yeah, the, it's, you only... a, it's a the original or not the original the uh, TV airing version is about a minute to a minute and a half long, which is about anime length, which was their intention, right? Because they wanted it to be an anime. Yeah, it's a French anime. Exactly. Uh, it was originally supposed to be an anime anime. The only reason it was a French anime is because they couldn't get any Japanese companies to work with them, um, and then. Uh, yeah, the actual song is like three and a half minutes long. It, it's a good uh, song, dude. I love it, man. A World Without Danger. Yes, A World Without Danger. I can't remember who the band is, but they're in the actual show. That's nuts. Yeah, they, they show up as like a band and they play at the school. It says the artist is Code Lyoko, but that's not right. Oh, jeez, that's funny. It is what it is, man. We'll we'll find that out later. Um, There's a French version of this song, too. It sounds so odd to me, but I kind of understand why. It's uh, it's a French cartoon, so of course there's going to be a French version of it. But... Dude, did you see? So... Did you see season five, the reboot? Uh, I as soon as I found out about the reboot, I saw one episode. So this is when it first aired. I don't even think they ever got to like dubbing they got it. Two and... seasons of it. They never they... dubbed it, but they did okay. get two seasons of the reboot. So I only saw the first episode, like the first first pilot, yada yada of it, and I didn't like it everyone's kind of slightly different in a way and the live action mixing with the cg just didn't it felt way too much like a nickelodeon live action show like ned's declassified yeah but without the without the quality assurance yeah exactly i mean like the costumes are kind of weird and i could never figure out if alita was played by a boy or not 
that's oh, the fact that the, the whole like the whole thing with Aelita starting with the crew at the beginning, like it took a that was one of the major cruxes of season one is getting her a human body. And yeah. then it ends with her with the human body. Like, well, no, she the, gets it in season three. She gets the human body in season three. Was uh, it? How and, many then, and then season four, they had William, which was the oh, guy God. Yumi was into. And he gets captured by Xana at the end of season three. So he's like the big bad of season did... four that they have to fight. How many episodes is this thing? Oh, there's freaking four seasons. Jeez. Yeah, four seasons. I told you. I'm trying to remember. But yeah, because like I said, uh, it's seasons one through three. And at the end, I believe it's season three that they get her the body, if not season two. But I'm pretty sure it's season three. Um, because, yeah, and you they get her the body. I think in the same episode, they unlock her memories and you find out the origins of Xana, which is a two-parter that airs at the end of season three. Mm, okay. But I, I remember... thought that was really weird. Like I, I was so blown away at the time because, like back then, I wasn't even watching Naruto yet. Yeah. But, so I was getting like I was getting anime esque like flashbacks and like really highbrow stuff, and they got real deep into it with like Aelita and her grandfather escaping the government and like her grandfather being killed by people. And I was like, bro, like What's this is so here? dark. It made me feel so weird on the inside, but I liked it. It's something that you normally wouldn't see. And I think because it's a foreign, it is technically a foreign show. So it probably got around some guidelines that we had. I didn't really, I don't well, know. He died off screen. So yeah. like, it's still, it's still qualified. It's just, it wasn't part of the same tropes that we had right like cartoon writing mm -hmm. tropes like first of all it was breaking them because it was like anime inspired to begin with yeah um, because they wanted to make something that was a little bit older that was a little bit darker that was a little more plot heavy and that kind of thing and they could do that in france because they have like the the correct laws for this you know uh that support that kind of thing mm -hmm. um that we don't have in the u.s uh but they have like similar pay as in the u.s as even better in France. But yeah, so they, they do that, and uh, yeah, they are allowed to do things that are a little bit darker in nature, like having one of the main characters be kidnapped and brainwashed and then have to re-rescue him and that kind of thing. Yeah, and It I was mean... just like something you didn't see in America until Avatar The Last Airbender, which I think also aired in 2004. It's still nuts to me, man, that we got something like that. I mean, to be fair, some of the more trippy bits of the show were inspired by Serial Experiments Lane. So, yes. I completely Which is insane to me. That's insane to me. I mean, For those so of you who don't know Serial Experiments Lane, I personally haven't watched it myself yet. It's on my list. I'm going to eventually. It's a trip, it's, dude. It's yeah, only 13 it's, episodes. It's dubbed. It's one of the very... It's a cult classic. Oh, my I gosh. If you're into this, like, trippy... I don't even want to say psychedelic because so many people go really ham. I was like, oh, man, you know, you should watch this show when you're like really under the influence. And yeah, I was like, dude, I think you have a panic attack. Yeah, the show really. <laughs> oh, man. No, it, it's definitely trippy at points, but it is worth a watch. It's a it's a pretty solid binge. It's only 13 episodes. Each episode really dives into a bunch of really interesting concepts. And you're seeing it through uh, Lane Ikara. Or it's, oh, Iwak 
Arakura, Arakawa. I can't remember how you say her last name. I just remember Lane. Arakawa? <laughs> Arak I think it is. But Lena I don't remember her last name. Arakawa. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It's been a while, but her name... You know, like, the Japanese thing of you say the whole name and, like, like to make a statement? Like uh, that. Let me see here. Lane that's... Iwakura. Iwakura. Iwakura, yeah. okay. Yeah, because you know how sometimes, like, to make a statement, you say the full name? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is going to get old really quickly. Hopefully it doesn't get old really quickly. But, no, luckily, I believe the majority of the show, she's just Lane. Yes. I think. It was only during the beginning parts of the show where they really say her last name because I believe because I watched it dubbed, so it might they might have changed it to saying her family name with San instead of saying Lane. It's been a fuck, man. There's a lot of shows that it's just been years since I watched, and I gotta like heavily rely off of me watching it as it's there. I think it's on Crunchyroll now too, which you know rip you know free version from Crunchyroll. Oh, I'm sure you can get it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you can just, you can I, just I, get it. <laughs> Damn it, here. do not advocate for freaking something because I was in a chat recently, like as recently as yesterday, where someone had a little situation with their neighbor. Older gentleman, drunk, had his son with him. And I'm like, kick his ass in front of his son, assert your dominance. Show the son that you're not allowed to do stupid shit like that. And then the mod is like, one of them, is saying, oh, uh, we do not, uh, as part of Discord's terms of service, we do not encourage or, I, hold on, what was, what, what was bitch ass saying? Hold on. Because he was using a lot of, like, technical jargon or whatever. I'm like, dude, what? Just randomly in the conversation. It wasn't even taking part. I forgot he was a mod, too. So, let me see what he was saying. Basically, I was talking about how, yeah, okay, hold on. Act, encouraging acts of violence towards others is a serious matter. Okay, that was after the joke. Uh, final notice, do not encourage acts and... Uh, okay, this is the final notice. Do not encourage acts of violence towards others. It is going against Discord's rules and culture. Any further violence will result in a ban. And he's talking, like, to two of us, because the, the guy that started the conversation and me, because I'm saying stuff like, oh, man, remember, guys, violence is not the answer. And I do like a little cute little chibi emote that I try to look cute. And it's like, oh, aren't I smart for that? And I say, it's the question. And I post a smug little Tamamo. And the, and the answer, or excuse me, the question is violence? It's like, yes. Because growing up, usually that's how you get shit done, right? So yeah. can't that's, just how, that's how I grew up, man. Don't blame me for me being able to solve my problems the correct way, you know? Sure, Gandhi was able to do a lot, but at the end of the day, it took some violence to get things going. So, I mean, I, I can't blame him. I mean, that's just how we function. That's just the, uh, that's just how humans work. That's just how, you know, humans work. You know, you can't love someone to do something that you want. You gotta beat the shit out of them. So I just, I just found out that there is a Code Lyoko fan game that is like a, it's like a point and click adventure kind of thing. But the idea of it is that you are Jeremy interfacing with Lyoko. You're the oh, guy wow. in the chair and you're sending people out to like, you know, uh, do stuff on Lyoko. And, wow. uh, you can, you can get out of the chair and like walk around the actual world and stuff like that. It's like a point and click adventure type thing or RPG, but it's, it looks really fucking good. 
here, let me send you a link. We'll include it in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, it's called Code Lyoko IFSL SCL Medias. No, uh, no, IFSCL. Uh, let me see if I can find out what that means. Simulated fictional interfaces of Code Lyoko. So, interface simulated Code Lyoko. They, I don't know. They gave, uh, they gave the reboot like a subtitle, right? Evolution? Uh, I think it was just called Reboot, but spelled with uh, camel case. Whatever they, um, whatever they translated to, whatever they decided to put it on, apparently Code Lyoko, official English US YouTube channel, decided to put it on YouTube now. Because I'm looking for the good version. Or because they can I, make more money there than their actual website. Yeah, it is subbed, too, so if you guys are interested, I mean, check it out. Admittedly, I, I prefer the... Oh, my God, I forgot that's what the odd looks like in IRL. <laughs> I'm not, like, listening to it. I'm, you know how, like, on YouTube, you just hover over it to have it play in the background? Reboot the Guardian Goat. Apparently, somebody... I'm, as I'm looking for this on YouTube, there's a Netflix yeah. series called Reboot. Uh, um, I talk about that one, too. I remember basically just Code Lyoko. Yeah, it's so dumb. <laughs> they couldn't decide if they wanted to do... Because Reboot, the whole thing was... It was a game world. And then uh, it gets more, quote-unquote, darker. Like, the, the storytelling gets a little more serious in later later parts of the, late, of the last season. Oh, uh, the, the new one's called Kodioko Evolution. By the way. Okay, yeah. So that's what they ended up calling it. And I'm looking at it right now, and Jesus, they those French designs do not really transfer that well to uh, live action. No, they do not. I think Jim's the only one that does, and he's the easiest to do. Freaking Jimbo. <laughs> Jim was a, that's this one plot. Uh, there's this one piece that I never found out later. Uh, they're at one point in the show, Jim's just walking or no. Um, one of the kids takes a shower. He comes out, he's in his robe and anything. He's going back to his room. And one of the students, it's a girl. I don't remember who like, but she's not like a regular member of the cast. She's like a background character. And she has like, Oh, have you seen Jim? And he's like, no, but you know, I'll, I'll let him know you were looking for him. He's like, Oh, thanks. And then he keeps walking a little later. Like, uh, Jim walks by and he's like, oh, right, Jim, um, yada yada was looking for you. He's like, oh, okay. And now that I'm older, I'm like, what the frick was that even about? Because mm -hmm. it doesn't come up again later and there's no insinuating dialogue there. So I'm thinking, was that just something they dropped that never decided to do another episode? Oh my God, Alita's, like, I, I understand Alita's hair was very poofy, but goddamn. The... I don't know. So apparently, the live-action Kodoko Evolution actress for Aelita, one is a girl. That's confirmed. Uh -huh. Two <laughs> is apparently the dub actor or actress for Aelita, the French one. Wow! So she's the actual French VA who's reprising her role for the live-action version. At least that's a plus, because yeah. oh boy, does it feel really jarring when you watch something new. And, like, these are the same characters, but those aren't the same voices. I just thought it was weird that this is, like, a continuation. Like, for me, I 
absolutely love the 3D designs for everything because they look fantastic. They're like so much better, uh, so much more expressive, so much more high fidelity, that kind of thing. The designs are way more incredible, way more intuitive uh, and stuff like that. But they look too much like their anime versions to have a live action half of the show, you know? Yeah, because this is a sh- mind you, this is a show from. I remember. Um, I haven't seen the Garage Kids. Uh, it, it wasn't a pilot, but it was like a short film that they put out, and then because of Garage Kids, they ended up moving Garage, on to this. No, Garage Kids is the official pilot. Pilot. Oh, like, actually, made that the thing. official pilot. Well, that's the one that they sent to studios to try and get Code Lyoko funded, right? Mm-hmm. So if we consider that the pilot, the premiere episode which would be the first episode that airs in sequence, not necessarily the pilot, that would be the premiere episode, uh, would be Teddy Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And then the one you were talking about, I looked up and I finally found, that one is the premiere episode for season two, I think. Or Code Lyoko? Code Lyoko, yeah. The Viking one? I don't know. We were talking about Lunatics Unleashed, dude. <laughs> oh, Luna- that's why I was asking. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, 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 because that's why... No, no, no. Oh, look, getting a little, uh, getting a little chippy right wanna... here. Yes, okay, yeah. so pilot episode for Lunatics Unleashed. Pilot episode for Lunatics Unleashed is the Viking episode, according to you. Yeah, so it's... Pilot episode for Code Lyoko is Teddy Godzilla. Okay, so it, it's definitely a... Uh... Man, this was a long-ass show. Freaking 97 episodes, four really fun seasons, a yeah. catchy opening. Catchiest opening. Oh, my God. I still I'm listen to that unironically in my car. Like, I black that shit going down the street. We'll keep on going. Go, loco, we will stand with it all. Go, 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 okay, yes. Yeah, so, okay, so, I'm gonna rip this from YouTube real quick. <laughs> it's so good. Mind you, the CG and everything in the show, too, this is from 2004. Or that's when we got it. Yeah. So it probably aired a little earlier in France, maybe 2003. Yes, so, 2003 in France. 2003, 2004. That looks pretty good. The live just has like an instrumental track for its opening, and the whole thing is like 30 seconds long. Ah, and it, it is what it is, but I, I can kind of understand because it because I don't know anything about the sequel. I only saw the first episode. Obviously, it was subbed, but that was way when when it first came out. Yeah, and I was just disappointed that it wasn't. I wasn't disappointed that it's not just Code Lyoko, but there's some live action bits. There is enough changes to where I was thinking, eh, you had a solid formula and fucking. Oh, what was the guy's name again that gets like mind shackled later? I legit can't William? remember his fucking yeah. William's like a main character at the beginning, yeah. which is so well, odd. No, to be no seeing not at the beginning. Back. He's a main character in season three. He comes he's... in in season three to pose a threat. No, 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 the, the reboot. Oh yeah, in the reboot, yeah, he's a main reboot. Character. He's in the cast like at the beginning, and he's in the opening as like right because this is like season five and six. The the reboot is season five and six, but William as a character begins in season three as yeah. a competition piece between Yumi and Ulrich, uh, you know, to make this love triangle thing or whatever. And then he discovers and becomes part of the crew, um, and then he gets 
trapped by Xana at the end of season three. He's the big bad for season four. They rescue him in the second to last episode, I think, of season four, defeat Xana at the end of season four. And then two years later, we get the live action version uh, where he's like, no, he's still back being part of the main crew and doesn't pose a threat to Ulrich and Yumi's relationship anymore. It's just their kids. And so their relationship's just constantly in turmoil. It's not, I don't know. I, if I wanted melodrama, I would go watch freaking, oh God, what was her name? I'll have to look it up later. Because there's this uh, one anime writer that's known as the queen of melodrama, and anytime she writes a show, I keep not wanting to watch it, but so many people are like, dude, the show is so good, well, though. What show can you think of that she wrote? She wrote the adaptation for Toradora. Oh. She, she didn't write Toradora, she helped... She's a screenwriter? Yeah. Okay, Toradora wiki. I, I do remember that she helped out with Gundam. Hold on, the series. I know the light. Uh, what? Who did they produce? Mario Kata. That's such a fucking name. So, Mari or Mari Okada. Mari Okada. Yeah, the queen of melodrama. Oh my god, she's written a lot. Which. Freaking yay, you know, girl, yeah, boss, slay, because you she know, is 47. The one show that really showed off how melodrama really can just eat at a show was Kid Sniper. I don't know if you remember that from Trigger, yeah, and Guys, a pretty swanky opening. It, it did, it did. I, I will admit that was pretty, it was pretty good. But then, oh man, that that's an opening that I would say is trippy. That's for sure. So freaking the uh, I, I we we haven't gotten to our week. We'll get to our weeks and we we'll do a little a segment bit because I technically do got to end this one a little early because the damn people at the screen repair shop told me you got to be here by three so that way we can get it done uh, by closing. Which is weird, because if yesterday I show up at 5, and you tell me, sorry, it takes 3 hours, and we close at 7. Okay, so why are you telling me, show up tomorrow at 3, we close at 5, if you're going to get it done in 3 hours? That, that's, that, that's the wrong math there, Chief. Anyway, he's not everything. The entire freaking premises. These Yo, uh, she guys. wrote for Hamtara. That's fucking sick. Oh, and Hamtaro is a dumb, fun show. There's not really that much melodrama, whereas Kiznaiver is... Like, Hamtaro is a classic, bro. Like, that Hamtaro. had Burger King toys. You remember those fucking toys where they had, like, yeah. the little spinny on the bottom and you would just has, wind them up by rolling them across the desk? Has there been any other anime that actually got, like, a Burger King or, like, little toy that you can buy here in the States? I think the a only Burger other... Sh- Pokemon I- definitely did. Yeah, Pokemon had the classicest Burger King toy, which was the fucking golden tablets. Oh, dude, I think I still have my Pikachu somewhere in my collection. Those are worth so much money now. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I think think it's only one of them, though, because the Mewtwo and the Mew are like pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Whereas I think the Pikachu was the one that people actually wanted. Something like that. But... Uh, Digimon also had some for Burger King. Um, Beyblade had plenty for Burger King. They yeah. used to give out Beyblades. 
I think that's my the giant shittiest, ass metal one. cheapest versions that they used to do. Because but... it's a freaking Burger King toy. It's not the toy that, well, you know... The toys the, the, would get cheaper one. and cheaper right. as the years go on. Dude, um, I remember... Um, uh, what was it? Duel Masters had a promotion. Yu-Gi-Oh! had a promotion. Oh my gosh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes. Yu-Gi-Oh! had such a huge fucking thing. So if you want to go see the Yu-Gi-Oh! movie in theaters, they would get yeah, yeah. I got it a random card. Again, it was great. But then... As my brother th- had that uh He had that one. It's worth like a bunch of money now, but okay, he that- gave it away for a bag of candy. And I was okay. so pissed. The reprint is actually the... Uh, Crazy ass expensive four hundred dollar oh, card. I looked it up because I have the I have the blue I have blue the original from the from the yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, fuck that. Hell yeah, I got a five hundred dollar card. I mean, you know, I can I can pay rent with this. And then I look it up, and this fucking thing's worth like two dollars. Oh, yeah. And then in um, it's it apparently the rarest one, but so many people got it. Yeah. So the retro pack is the version people want i think in the retro pack we also got a reprint of blue eyes ultimate dragon which is how you could summon the damn thing which i'm not even gonna get into the idiocy on how the tcg gets cards from the ocg because Mm -hmm. there are cards that we legit can't use because we didn't get the versions we needed from the ocg so there was like a meet there's meteor black dragon that took years to get freaking we got blue eyes shining dragon when the movie came out but at the time in the TCG, we did not have Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon yet. Mm. So it's so weird. And oh man, it's getting into the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG. Magic the Gathering is the su- superior card game. I will die on that hill. Yes, everyone I know plays Magic the Gathering. Every single person. It doesn't need an anime. It doesn't need a giant-ass marketing push. The only you know, thing... Dude, is- the original creator for that game died fucking yesterday. Um, excuse me? What? Yeah. Hold up. Or not yesterday. He died on Friday, but still. Uh, oh, sh- what? Bruh. Yeah, I, heard, so the, I was hanging out at a buddy of mine's and they were playing Magic and uh, one of them mentioned that. They were like, man, yeah, the original creator for Magic Gathering in one of my other friends is like, really? When? And they're like, this morning. Damn, dude. That sucks. Yeah. That that dude's a legend. I mean, I, they did immortalize him in a couple cards, so... He died to the big C. Cell. Ah, oh, man, that's rather unfortunate, man. He's... Great, uh... Great game designer. Admittedly, I didn't like his, uh... I didn't like Keyforge as much because the entire point of Keyforge was the anti-Magic the Gathering because the whole... Magic was a card game that he... Because the entire point of Magic was, all right, so D&D can take a while. So what can you do while you wait for someone to take their turn? Because that's the famous thing. In D&D, it takes like five minutes to travel... Or not even five, like not even five minutes. It takes like five seconds to travel miles upon miles. This epic grand journey within a like a blink of an eye, whereas combat can take a fucking hour. So the idea was, all right, here's something that you can do while you're waiting for everyone else to take their turn. You can play a little game of quote unquote Magic the Gathering. Originally, I believe it was like Monastone or 
Monoclash, but then they just kind of went with Magic the Gathering because they didn't want to use that name. And then by the time the game was like fully out there, they just kept calling it Magic. But then they can't trademark Magic, so they entered the Gathering. So Richard Garfield didn't like the idea of why is my $150 deck always winning versus the $25 deck, which kind of is true, but then I play Burn, Red. Red deck win. I mean, burn and red deck wins are two different decks. But anyway, uh, playing burn is a pretty cheap deck. There's only some cards that are expensive, and when those get reprinted, the burn deck is like less than twenty five dollars in the most powerful format too. Because there's legacy, vintage, modern, standard, and pioneer. The burn deck is literally what it does. You play a card, I deal damage. I play this card so that way it deals damage. I don't care how hard you hit me. I'm gonna hit you harder. Whatever you do, I don't care if I'm at one life. Because whether I'm at 20 life or one life, I kill you first, I win. Yeah. Red, red is the best color. Yes. Yes. Red. You can tell it's my favorite color. So the, the best deck sometimes is the cheapest just because it's the most efficient. But there are some decks in, you know, modern and legacy that are stupid expensive. So, yes, he, he the entire point of Keyforge is you, you basically get a deck, a, a unique deck in every single little package that you get, and then that is how you play. So, basically, you're using a booster pack each time. And the way you win... I, I never really finished the little demo they give you to play it because when... That, that's kind of the point of deck building. I like to be able to play my jank stuff. I still regularly play... Uh, EDH or uh, Elder Dragon Highland or Commander, whatever your nomenclature. Because in Commander, you can use jank-ass cards for fun because you have it. Let me use this jank-ass card that has no reason to be played in any competitive format, but in this format that's super casual, in this very, very specific instance, it's a good card. Everywhere else, it's a bad card. I need to force the game to function with this card. So that's uh that's something. On the other hand, because oh man, <laughs> we've been stalled. How's your week been hero? Because aside from cartoon nostalgia, definitely uh <laughs> isn't really talked about much besides some story and pilot. Alright, here's the moral of the story, kids. Air your pilots in air your series in order because it can lead to some confusing stuff. You don't really get a choice over that, kids. Sorry, that's the network's decision. Yeah. <laughs> but if you make a sequential story, you know, which is all the rage these days, uh, then they don't have a choice. Right. Freaking. And even when they do reruns, like this is a big thing for Naruto reruns, is they would have to rerun batches of episodes or the latest episode. So, like, if you just aired episode 26, they would keep airing 26 until the next episode came out. Uh, or they would air episodes 24, 25, and 26 until the next episode came out. Remember when Nickelodeon thought it would be a good idea to air a bunch of Sokka-focused episodes without context? So you'd get Sokka in the village learning with uh, fight, uh, training with the Kyoshi Warriors. Sokka doing this, Sokka doing that. But then because the gap between Sokka-focused episodes was so huge, the context, like the other context behind the episode is just gone to you. Because that to was be a nice fair, thing. they didn't do that until like fucking two years down the line, you know? 
That's still weird to do, though. So now, whenever they do reruns of this show, they actually air it in fucking order. Yeah. Oh, man. Freaking seeing, like, the huge jump in characterization for Sokka throughout those, like, bursts of... Uh... Right, because Sokka-focused episodes, like, there's still a little bit of Sokka throughout the episodes, you know? Like, it's... watching him go from being a sexist, tribalist, older brother figure who's all about being a man, blah, 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 to getting his ass kicked by women, to being humble enough to fall in love with a princess, to fucking learning some sort of new warrior art because he's the weakest of the group. Like, that's, it's, uh, his, one of his character arcs is one of the best. And it's really, really... It's odd to like really call them Sokka focused episodes because the show itself does balance the cast well enough that sure yeah he's the main focal point for this episode but it's not like he's the only one getting screen time or the only one you should give a shit because that's usually what happens when when someone gets their episode everyone else is just kind of pushed to the wayside or they're only along for this trip right I remember admittedly it's kind of bad to use this as an example but a lot of harem shows do this really terribly where oh it's yada yada girls episode or yada yada girls chapter and everyone else is just there for the ride and the main character and current girl of the week are the only ones that you should bother giving a shit about right admittedly they've gotten better at it but it's still pretty like ugh. you have such a you have an ensemble cast you might as well use them yeah, that's that's something I'm trying to develop more with Unhallowed um, as mm-hmm. I continue writing it, is I want more characters. Um, I have an entire school of children I could be utilizing, plus a bunch of outsiders that I'm going to be able to utilize pretty soon. The issue that I have right now is, one, I'm still really early mm-hmm. in the development of Unhallowed. I'm, like, I've only written, like, I only have produced three chapters. I've written seven or eight chapters. Um, and each new chapter or sequence of chapters usually revolves around one to two characters, and then I can introduce some more and bring people on. Um, for me, it feels a little bit slow, but when I go back to examine things like Naruto or One Piece or something like that, unless there's a reason for a batch of characters to be introduced all at once, this is the way that it's done. Like in Naruto, batches of characters were introduced when all of the characters were assigned to teams. And yeah. then they were reintroduced when you had to form a tournament, right? So it's like, oh, man. there's a reason for these characters to group up. Now we have a whole bunch of characters. In Unhallowed, I don't really have anything like that. Uh, because they go to a normal school in a normal city and fight demons. Like... <laughs> So, so that was an editor's decision to do it because Kishimoto originally wanted to introduce each character in like in slow bursts. So you get a, mm. you'd get uh, Team Seven meets Team A, and then they would do a uh, little story arc, and then they would meet another team, and so on and so forth. And mm. I kind of would have enjoyed that more because it got to the problem when we got to the tuning exams, and we got such a huge dearth of characters. The only ones that really got attention was Hinata's team, Rockley's team, and then Eno. Because yeah. admittedly, yeah, the other teams existed, but because it was a tournament, you're going to lose the majority of them later. And you only really get more character development for the other teams later in the series, but only like six of those characters in the several teams that were introduced mattered. Obviously, you have... um. 
Orochimaru spy who matters until like he does. Until he, yeah, until you know he tries to get until the eyes. He doesn't. That's what yeah. It, yeah. Uh, he the the reason or the way he exits is that he quits the tuning exam preliminaries. Yeah. Um, and then they move into the tuning exam proper. Like that's yeah. that's where Kabuto exits. Is like, hey, I give up, and then he just leaves. It's such a like, dude, why are you quitting? It's like, dude, I'm deaf in one ear. Uh, I can't move my damn arm or so like he he's beat up, but he doesn't really look beat up. He it's he's whatever. clearly bullshitting, right? Like yeah. that was the whole thing. It's like he's clearly bullshitting. But uh but in a believable way. I, I know his exit, it reminded me a lot of that scene in Baby Driver. Where mm -hmm. you're in the elevator with like all the characters at the beginning of the movie, and the guy I can't remember his name. I just remember he plays Shane in The Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. He was like, he's like, see you guys later. Uh, or, or he's like, I'm out of here. If you don't see me again, it means I'm dead. And then he just leaves. The, he, like he never shows up again in the movie. Yeah, John Bernthal is a really solid actor. I mean, he's very. A lot of his stuff is very aggressive. He plays a really good. Yeah, he plays a really good aggressive character, and he's great. He, he can do both too, which is fun. So, mm -hmm. oh man, I forgot he was in Baby Driver. I remember like the first exactly, and I read the script for it, and it's like it. There's a specific note after that line where he says his uh -huh. line: "If you don't see me again, I'm dead." The action line that follows is that he exits the elevator and the movie. Oh wow, that's nuts! Yeah, I was like, oh damn, like that was that was scripted in. Like he's not in the movie anymore. This dude is dead. <laughs> like, but it like it makes sense. All the problematic characters or who are problematic to the team die in that. Yeah, movie. yeah. Like the guy who forgot the shotguns, the Asian dude, or whatever. That's a he fun hat that... written on his neck. That was such a fun ass movie. I think that came. Uh, hold on, let me look up. When was Hardcore Henry? Because I think that and Hardcore, Hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry was like fucking five years earlier. Because really? Hardcore what Henry came out like 2012, 2013, I want to say. And the Baby Driver was like 2019, maybe? Yeah, yeah, so Henry was 2015, and then Baby Driver. 2017, apparently. Yeah, so those are two years apart. I think they probably just both came on my radar at the same time because there's fucking yeah. two years apart. Well, they would have been in production around the same time as well if they're only two years apart. Man, so they both came on my radar at the time. So I missed them both in theaters, obviously, but the ones that I ended up watching in theaters... Or no, the one I ended up watching first was Hardcore Henry and then obviously Baby Driver much later. I kind of regret that order because... Hardcore Henry's gimmick kind of got old pretty fast. <laughs> like the, the, FPS, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he doesn't talk, which I mean, sure, but you can be. Yeah, I thought I thought it was like a concept piece or something until I started seeing it on like Netflix. I'm like, well, hold on a minute. And then I found out it was like a it's a full ass movie. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? It's. Definitely an interesting experiment. I don't know if it could have been more than a like short film and not a feature length film because the gimmick got old for me pretty quickly. I was like, oh god, this is gonna be the whole movie. It, it was, it's, yeah. it, it was, it was, 
It's it reminds me of much. like guns akimbo, right? Oh wow. <laughs> Just dual wield. Yeah, the guns akimbo feels to me like what hardcore Henry should have been. Really? Granted, I haven't watched Hardcore so. Henry. Obviously they're like different different uh not necessarily genres, but concepts. Yeah. Uh, but the way that Guns Akimbo was shot is the way that I would expect something like Hardcore Henry to eventually evolve into after the mm-hmm. FPS thing dies out. But uh yeah. I thought Guns Akimbo was really interesting because they used viral marketing uh viral market media. Viral media marketing. That's what it was. Viral mm-hmm. media marketing uh, to promote the movie because everybody just saw Daniel Radcliffe in this bathrobe and giant fucking tiger slippers holding guns. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Dude, Harry Potter and the Second Amendment is still my favorite meme <laughs> out of that damn thing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, I don't like that they basically confirmed the viral media thing uh marketing in the movie because he like uh-huh. runs through yeah he, he runs through like this fucking uh warehouse or something where a lady's like on a computer and then she sees him she goes oh my god you're the guns akimbo guy and i'm like all right and then she like she shows the meme so it's like in the movie yeah I'm like, oh, I, I don't like that i don't like it when you get a little meta like that meta storytelling Sure, has its place, but oh boy, does it, uh... I don't like meta storytelling as much either, so... For me, like, okay, meta storytelling is, um... Or meta referencing, specifically, is useful and fun when you join in the conversation and add something unique to it, right? Um... But that's not what they are doing in most cases. So d- adding something unique to it would be like Deadpool, right? Deadpool's a good right. meta movie uh, because everything that Deadpool is related to is adding to the things that he's referencing um, or relating to. A fourth and wall break within a fourth wall break? That's, that's like, like 16 walls. 16 walls. Exactly. See, he's adding to it. He's making jokes about it, that kind of thing. And Guns Akimbo, they're just like, hey, look, you see, that was the thing that we did. Aha! Gotcha! It's like fucking pulling a rabbit out of a hat trick kind of thing. It's like, yeah, okay. Nice, I guess. That you have to fucking be like, haha, gotcha! I don't like that. I don't like feeling like you got me. I want you to relate to me. I don't want you to fucking be like, you know, pat me on the head and say, hey, look at you, smart cookie. Man, you know what this fucking reminds me of? In Fate, one of the, the gotcha one, the there's an event called Saber Wars, and basically it's making fun of the fact that there's like thirty fucking there's saber like faces. 30 ma- oh my god! And it became a joke. And here I'm thinking, it's cute that you're in on the joke. It stops being cute when the very next, when like two months later, there's three more fucking saber faces you make. You can't be cute with the joke and be like, ha ha! Don't you get it, guys? There's a lot of saber faces, and then make more. Yeah, that's being reductive. I feel like right. Like, oh like, at, 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 it's not the same as something like Spider Verse, you know, where they would like where they would do that and then just make more Spider Men. Because I think the appeal of Spider Verse is the fact of making more Spider people when people want less Saber Face, right? Like Spider, uh, admittedly, depending on who you're talking to. Because if you're a Nasuverse fans, no, fuck that, Kira. What do you mean? No, what do you mean less Saber Faces? Are you freaking nuts? You must be. I don't know what you're smoking, but I don't want any of that. We need more saber faces. 
In fact, I like a character more, and I get into the character because it's a saber face. I'm comforted. Look, it's another saber face. Oh, I might like her. I went to a panel at ASIN, and it was discussing the history with Titemoon. And someone brought up that the reason why Saberface is actually good, it's one of the panelists, so obviously he's going to be biased, is whenever you see a new character and you don't know about the character. So if you're not, I guess, in the know about history, okay, I don't know who Jean of Arc is. I don't know who Nero is. I don't know who insert other random fucking character that they decided to slap on a saber face to. Oh, I don't know those characters, but I know that they're a saber face. So, you know, the tension is kind of gone now and I can, you know, give the new character a chance. Mm-hmm. And I say to that, that that's stupid. That, that's, that, that sounds more like coping to me than an, a legitimate reason why to make that character just cosplay Artoria. Because a lot of these saber faces are cosplay Artoria. And then someone in one of my chats told me, okay, so the reason, the bullshit reason why Nero's a saber face is in that universe, Nero is actually a descendant. No, Nero is the ancestor for Artoria. So Nero came first and then, I don't remember how they fucking did the timeline on that. So basically, Nero came first, and because technically Nero's a saber face, it makes sense why Saber is a saber face. They're related. Even though one is a fucking Roman emperor, which would be in Italy nowadays, and the other one's a bitch from the UK. Now, historically speaking, you did end up seeing some of the Romans attack those islands, but it was the Anglo-Saxons that ended up on that island. You had some of the Romans... But that was mostly because they were fighting them most of the damn time. It, it's odd, man. I have such a raging hate. Yeah, for it's definitely like at that point. It's at that point you understand that they're far more concerned about the marketing than they are about the story. You know? Oh man! Like they'll do anything rough. just to get more content out, and they're like, "Yeah, people will be fine with this because it's like history related." I it's like, like yeah, the but it feels like you didn't try. I like the Natsu vs. Original characters way more than the nonsense bullshit that they do with some of the characters. Like, dude, if you just had it be... Okay, so, uh, Attila the Hun, right? So, you, you gender swap them. Sure, okay. But Attila the Hun in that universe is actually a giant of light. She's technically an Ultraman, if, you, if I gotta describe it that way. She's an Ultraman who decides whether or not the planet lives or dies because a comet is gonna fly past the planet and when the comet flies past she decides whether or not this world is worth keeping or not she's the destroyer of civilizations which i guess was one of attila the huns you know names but he was more so interested in conquering what was china at the or what was considered china at the time and you know the mongols took over I, that, that could have been that was one of his names but that wasn't the main thing he was fucking known for but I don't know, man. If you stray too far from what the character is, you're you're just using the name for marketing reasons. You're not even using sh- you're not using the character for the cool things of history the character is known for. She's not even a writer. Attila the Hun, and one of the greatest things that the Huns were known for is their awesome sauce artillery on horseback. These guys were kick-ass horseman riders. 
the reason why they were so hard to beat is because how are you going to beat a horse? The Romans would stay still and they wait for them to come to them to fight. How are you going to hit something that's on a horse with a sword? There's an entire, like, a YouTube channel dedicated to showing off just how good the Huns were because of the way they fought and why they were so difficult to defeat. And you make her a fucking saber! Excuse me? What? Huh? She don't even have a... She, I believe... She, hold on. Let me make sure that she... It's, uh... The right class. Because classes also don't mean shit and fate anymore. I gotta love how... Freaking fate is one of the search results thing. Hold on. I mean, because all these characters have freaking multiple classes. So... I gotta make sure. Hold on, Moon. Hold on. Uh, Alteria, Tilda Hun. So she. Hold on. Why am I using the. T like... Let me. Fake Grand Order. Oh, I gotta use the Grand. I gotta use the fake Grand Order freaking. It looks like she's. Hold on, Moon. Serving universe. Uh, yeah, it looks like she's a saber for the majority of it. Okay. So I guess her Christmas version was also a saber. There we go. I found the right one. No. Okay, so... Okay, so her Christmas version wasn't an, uh, an archer. So that kind of makes sense. Sure. At the Christmas alternate gotcha costume version... Is more historically accurate, but I don't know, man. I just fuck it. Fuck the Nasuverse, man. But you know what else I could say? Fuck to my damn week, which oh boy has been a thing. How about you, hero? Oh man, my whole week has been super tough, bro. I got a new job as a post office I'm postman now, and walking is uh, the bane of my existence at the moment. I lost like 10 pounds at this point. Oh, wow, shit. That's nuts. Yeah. And I've only been there, I've been working properly for like two weeks now. But uh, six days a week, I'm waiting to see what my new check is going to look like and stuff like that. But I'm pretty excited. Unfortunately, that leaves me basically no time for anything else. I, I've mm -hmm. been trying to uh, work on this uh, anime project um, with the Mochi guys. Uh, and turn some stuff in. Luckily, they've been really uh, lenient about when I can turn my stuff in, uh, just because they're super chill like that. But uh, I got to get some anime stuff done uh, tonight, turn in my last cuts for this project uh, called Midnight Maids by Taku Versus. Um, don't know uh, when it's coming out at any point. I haven't seen anything online about it, but, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, what else? Oh, uh, I talked to them into promoting me because before I was just doing like, uh, web stuff, web related stuff, and then yeah. they added me because I'm you know I'm skilled enough and that kind of thing. They added me to the greater production side of things, and so now I have access to all the TV projects and stuff they work on. Um, which looks to be right now they don't have anything. But they were wondering, uh, Yoshi, he's the uh, 
production head uh, over there. So he's in charge of like getting projects and assigning things and whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, he was uh, looking at like what we could possibly work on. Uh, looking at some of the old projects, they worked on the Sarue thing for her. Uh, I don't know what DigiLive is. Adult Precure apparently is a thing. Genshin music video. Utawarere uh, Mono. Which oh wow! Um, that that's one of the that, that's a pretty good one too. Uh, that's I actually pretty like I like that series. It, I haven't yeah. had a chance to finish I worked, it. Uh, I have work on episode ten. In there. Oh wow! It's only like yeah, it's only like ten seconds or so, but it's in there. You, you got to cut. You got to cut. Sailor Moon. I didn't get a credit though. I got a cut, but I didn't get a credit. Rip. I did some Sailor Moon stuff. Uh, one Piece. Uh, Madoka Magica Magia Record. They did work on stuff like that. So anyway, they were asking me, like, I wonder what we should look out for, what kind of jobs we should get in terms of anime and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, just like playing along. I'm like, Mushoku season three. Oh, <laughs> uh, you fucking. Oh, you really? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, you know what? They do need help over there. <laughs> like, oh, let's go. Maybe I can get work on season two. Who knows? Uh, or if they do do season three, I'll keep an eye out. But I would love to do that. Work on some Shield Heroes coming back for season three. So I mean, hey, who knows? It's, I mean, Mashoka Sensei is to be better than season two, according to the rumors that I've heard. Man, so they I'm rushed excited sh- about that. I'm not because they they announced season two and three at the same time. So hopefully the delay is to increase the quality because they really rushed through a lot of content in season two. Because we were I thinking, we... I, I couldn't even watch season two. I watched the first episode and I was so fucking bored watching just the first episode of season two. I did not continue. I read the manga, so I know it could be good. Uh, it just wasn't. <laughs> it just I wasn't stayed, good at all. I stayed for Small Raptalia and her becoming the sword hero. Or no, 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 excuse me. Fetish is out of hand. The katana (laughs) hero, excuse me. Yes, the katana hero, because they have all the Japanese equivalents and stuff like that. It feels like Vampire Survivors. I hope they get a third one that's like a Western fantasy instead of a medieval fantasy. I'm the gun hero. Not not that kind of Western fantasy. I'm the talking Flintlock like, hero. I'm the I'm the elf archer hero. Oh, okay. <laughs> that kind of thing. I'm the European fantasy hero. Yeah, exactly. I'm the mage hero. I'll you have know, you know, like hero. That. that is a very powerful moment for Raftalia being able to stand on her own and be and choosing to stay with uh, with Naofumi and showing yeah, that she herself she's done this. <laughs> Admittedly, like, yeah, Raptalia as a character really needs to let Nafumi, like, she really needs to get off of Nafumi's dick because, oh my fucking god, I don't know how many times. The relationship is still weird because she's technically 10. Like, she may look like an adult, but she isn't an adult. This is like the opposite of Rudy, right? Like, Rudy was a man child. He didn't have a proper development. So when he's 10, he's like actually 10 he may have had 30 years of experience but that's like that's no different than a 10 year old maintaining a 10 year old you know whatever for 30 he's a ten years year, as opposed he's to a 10 year up. old with 20 years of work experience exactly <laughs> exactly so it's like he's the same 
Like, that's the way I justify it, right? Because, like, uh-huh. you got to think about it, like, in, in the way that other people think about these types of things. is like, is a kid who's stuck as a kid for a long time and him being attracted to other people his age, is that wrong? And if so, or if not, does that apply for somebody who did age but got reverted and just never grew up in that time, right? Like, although they aged, he never grew up and got reverted back to his mental age. Like, and then, if that's they... different, then how is that different? <laughs> it's like, it's all about, like, time dilation and that kind of thing. So, uh, Raftalia is the opposite of that, where she's actually 10, has only had 10 years of experience, and then just aged up really quickly. Because of the level thing and how levels right, work with the bullshit level yada, thing yada. to her waifu material, which doesn't make any fucking sense because the rest of Naofumi's harem is all lollies. So she could have just stayed a lolly. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Why is she the only one that gets aged up? Exactly, that's have, what I'm saying. You gotta have, like, your, if his you gotta entire, have your main girl. <laughs> if his entire harem is full of children, why is the only one who's actually a child aged up i guess they're all actually children because the princess she's her actual age and then the bird is yeah melty's her actual age and then uh the bird i can't remember her name philo uh you forgot philo that adorable little dork i remembered her i just didn't remember her name her name (laughs) yeah that fucking Uh, dork and then she is like infantile like even in mindset she's infantile it's definitely a wacky series. The one thing that annoys the hell out of me is the level thing. The fact that they are in—they are just making this freaking Dragon Quest. Now, I understand Dragon Quest as a whole is very, very important in Japan to the point where it doesn't fucking get go on sale because if there's ever a sale, you're not allowed to sell it, like sell Dragon Quest on sale. I, I don't know. I just talking to some dude who lives there, and he's like, yeah, no, dude, Dragon Quest is actually very important. That's why in every anime ever that's fantasy, if it's not European fantasy, it's just Dragon Quest. You even have the stupid circlet as, like, the main character in the stupid blue cape with the circlet and the shield and the buckler, or excuse me, the buckler and the sword. It's just Dragon Quest, man. That's why. It's so important. There's a series called Berserk of Gluttony that I keep trying to read. Obviously, I'm reading Mistborn right now, so I'll try again next time after Mistborn. But the first freaking page, the first line is, In this world, there is levels. And then I literally threw the book across the room. (laughs) I'm not putting up with another fucking European... I'm not putting up with another Japanese-written European fantasy setting in which the video game lingo is still a thing. I'm sorry, I've read... I uh-huh. love that Mushoku doesn't have levels. It I is love actually it so a fantasy series and not some, how does this level work? I need to level grind. I need to uh, fight this slime how many times to get the drop so that way I can upgrade my shield. It's... My only complaint with Mushoku Tensei so far is this fucking high school romance arc. All right, because <laughs> they're starting that right now. Yeah, yeah, they're in the middle of the high school romance arc. Now, my complaint isn't necessarily the high school romance itself. It's handled very well. Refugee is a he's a very good writer, that kind of thing. I just wish he didn't just make it Japanese high school. 
Like, it's not so much, it's not exactly Japanese high school. It's still different enough that you wouldn't necessarily relate them, but it's mm-hmm. pretty close to Japanese high school. Um, because there are other types of school in the world, and Rudy technically isn't going to a high school. He may be high school age, he's actually going to college. Yeah, that's uh, an academy. Yeah, it's an academy. So, And you have academies, colleges, and universities. It's three different classifications of that level very of schooling. Very different schools. Exactly. They have de- very different cultures and rules and those kinds of things. But in addition to that, if you did want to go to high school, then you have secondary school, you have high school, you have pre-college, you have preparatory school, you have technical school, you have charter school, and you have a tertiary other one that I can't remember the name of. Uh, But there are so many different types of schools with different types of education platforms and different types of cultures uh, and different requirements and different rules that he could have used in order to flesh out this kind of school environment more. If he wanted to make it more of like a European-esque academy style school, he could have done a lot more in that regard. Uh, But we're just not getting any of that. If he wanted to make it more of a Japanese high school-esque environment, he could have done more in that area. And he just didn't. It it feels... This is the one location in Mushoku Tensei that feels extremely underdeveloped. Uh And he keeps bringing shit in to make it interesting instead of just making it interesting on its own. You know, I remember... Demon Lord guy showing up and stuff like that, or the beast people having to fight. Like, this is all external shit that's happening at the school, as opposed to anything interesting about the school being interesting. I remember in Harry Potter, someone was saying, like, oh man, we're complaining that we're doing homework. And then someone, you know, the Redditor's like, bruh, you're doing magic homework. You know what I mean? You're not just doing any homework. Oh man, homework sure sits like, like, dude, you're doing magic homework for your magic school. In a magical world. I Give me that homework. I'll do it for you. I want to learn this shit. Yeah. Did Harry so, actually go to school before Hogwarts? I think he did. I'll have to you know, check. We, they've never talked about that. Like, has, does, has Harry been to primary school? And if he has he been, did he go to the same primary school as Dudley? I'll never forgive that they cut out a deleted scene in one of the later movies where dude yeah, flat where out he, like he gets forgiven or whatever by Dudley. Oh. And he flat out says like, you know, I don't think you're useless, or yada yada. It's like thanks, because he grew up. That's the that's the nice thing about that, you know. Like he was a little shit, but he definitely as he got older, he realized, man, we really. He found out. That's he realized in the books. Yeah, in the books, Dudley find he like he realizes like, hey, this is kind of fucked up. How we so, treat Harry. Like Harry's done nothing but been nice to me for my entire life. This is kind of fucked up. But yeah. in the movies, they're just like, oh yeah. I watched an analysis on why the movies are written the way they are, and how mm-hmm. Emma Watson had like the most unfortunate role in the entire franchise. And the only reason that the movies got made is because people would approach J.K. Rowling and she would ask him, like, well, who's your favorite character? You know, and then everybody would say Ron because he's, like, you know, he's the goofy one. Yeah. Uh, Or whatever. And so she knew that they weren't, like, a true fan of the series. So she wouldn't give them permission to make a movie until one guy comes along and he's like, oh, my favorite character is Hermione Granger. 
And she like was so blindsided by that. She's like, well, why? And then they related over why they like Hermione so much. But his was more of like a fetishistic angle where he liked oh, wow. her as like, uh, it would, you know, because he's like a straight guy. Right? Yeah. So there's like all of these things about the strong, independent woman character I find attractive. And so that's why uh, in the later movies, Emma Watson gets more of these uh, girl boss kind of moments going throughout the entire movie trilogy mm-hmm. and franchise. Um, that didn't necessarily happen in the book, but it seemed to, as the movies go on and on, revolve more and more around her being a a super hot girl boss. Right. Um, And yeah, it's like, that's, that's why the movies kind of ended up in the direction that they did, especially with some of the other characters is because the director didn't give a shit about them. He only cared about Hermione and I guess Harry, but you know, there's an agency issue with the movies versus the books, but that's an entire topic that I'm not going to cover on today's episodes. But I will say my my week, man, has been back and forth. So luckily, the highlight has been I have a confirmed date for my journeyman's card. And, that's, and that's next week. So what ended up happening was I guess they wanted to have like a dinner for all of the apprentices that are moving on to that are becoming journeymen. So it's not just me now. So basically they, I guess they kind of delayed mine because my hours were done in June. So yeah, that's how late it's been. So my hours have been like, I've been waiting and waiting. It's like, Hey, so my hours are done. I know paperwork and stuff in Illinois are pretty, I don't know how bad it can be for paperwork in Illinois, bro. So a couple months. Sure. But we're in, are we really like, that many months away from this like it's almost three months now so uh they ended up like delaying it a bit so that way we could have like five apprentices at the one like luncheon Mm -hmm. because it's not just me i'm in maintenance and like four other apprentices are in the tool room so what we're doing is we're just doing a big celebration of all of these uh apprentices going and becoming journeymen so Hopefully that's when I'm gonna get my card and everything. I'm gonna get the nice little handshake. I'm gonna show up and like I, I got to get a haircut later today too, so that way, uh, when the Friday comes around, I'll still look. My hair will at least grow back a little bit, and I'll, you know, shave a bit, so on and so forth. Make sure I'm like all prettied up and stuff, so that way when I get that picture, uh, like because they take a picture with the owners and everyone that's been there, and so on and so forth. Fun, crazy enough, my boss literally just retired last week. So, knowing about, damn, he was like two weeks away. Hopefully, they'll call him to show up because uh, that, that'd be nice because the dude really stuck his neck out for me a lot of times and really, uh, I wouldn't have a job right now still because of the no-no times. Uh, he called me back after I got furloughed and he got me the gig again at my same pay, just, you know, uh, disinfecting everything. So that was nice. So I had to obviously I had to clean. I, I spent the whole day just cleaning, 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 cleaning. And whenever I was done cleaning, I'd clean again for like a while. So he got me back and I was able to do that. So I'm excited for being able to do that. But unfortunately, freaking my other crap didn't happen so well. On the sad no, yeah. On the Saturday last week. I messed up. 
during the break, you know, our three day break, we the family was out and going to Wisconsin and they needed someone to watch the dogs. And unfortunately, I didn't have PTO at the time. So I ended up not going to the family Wisconsin trip. So what ended up happening was, all right, so I have to watch the dogs. On the Monday, I drop my damn phone and it cracks. And unfortunately for me, I use the fingerprint authentication to access a lot of my apps. And unfortunately, because my fucking screen's cracked, it reads wrong. So now I had to go through my, I had to go through and like kind of panic like shit. What were my like information so that way I could check out my credit cards and so on and so forth so that way I can pay everything because I don't need like payments and everything else. And then I also have to deal with needing to get the new car. So I need to make sure that I have enough put away and then I can get a loan, all like this entire thing. So I'm still like a little iffy about the car and everything. So I still got the anxiety about it. Now the phone's cracked. And then I tried to show up yesterday, which is why I'm that why I brought it up earlier. I tried to show up yesterday and get because I have an appointment, right? I show up and he says, Okay, so we close at seven. It is currently five. It takes three hours to do. I'm not gonna be able to do it today. If you show up tomorrow by three I'll be able to get it done before we close, even though they close today at five. So how are you going to tell me you're going to get it done on the day? It's the same time span. It's two hours before closing. You're telling me to show up two hours before closing to get it done, even though it takes three hours. But the day before I show up at five and you close at seven and it's still the same time. It's two hour difference. What's the maybe, freaking... maybe they have like a leeway thing at the end of the day or something like that. Like if it's at seven, that makes sense because they want to go home and have dinner and stuff like that. But if it's at five, they're like, well, maybe we can take another hour and get home late. I guess so. That's kind of why I, uh, I'm getting ready in the background. I got my keys and stuff so that we can talk about our week, see what's going on. I got to rush down there before they fuck me over because there's no way I'm going to be able to leave my phone there. And I might if if they end up fucking me over, I'll just leave it there overnight and I'll just go without a phone and just rush over there in the morning, pick it up and then go to work. Yeah. So that's that's going to be I mean, that's most of my week, just the ups and downs of work life again, which I mean, hey, I've, we've done a whole a fucking episode of me bitching about it. So <laughs> um Every Today was you bitching about work. Yeah, so hopefully it's going to be a lot less bitching because beforehand there was a lot of anxiety of whether or not I'm going to get my journeyman's card. Now that I have it, I'm probably going to hang it up and be all like, hey, guy, uh, whenever I feel like bitching about work on the show, I can just look up and say, man, that five years was worth it. I got that card right there. Yeah. What you should be doing is talking about how you're going to become a writer. I have. Okay, so next episode, we're going to go ham on that. So... After I'm, I'm checking on Mistborn, and now that I got my sleep schedule in order and I finished like Project One, Project Two, Project Two is still Mistborn. Project One, it was painting these Warhammer miniatures. They're done, done. Uh, someone co- told me, he's like, hey, what about their bases? Fuck the bases, okay? I'll deal with the bases later. Because if I base, yeah, because if I base the art, because basic, uh, what basing is, is little miniatures come on, uh, either. 30 millimeter, 20 millimeter, yada, yada, different types of bases that they're on so you can move them easier. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of Warhammer guys like to decorate the bases, but I don't because if I want to make things, I'll paint things so that way each miniature is unique, but 
if they're going to be in the same army, they at least need the same base because they're fighting on the same planet at the same time. So just because Joe Dude over there is painted in green and Guy Schmai over there is painted in black and Jane Doe over there is painted in gray, they're still technically in the same army. I just think of as, okay, so they're different units. So that's why they're colored differently. You know what I mean? So I I've seen a couple uh, people play on tabletop and each of the squads are different units, like actual units, like these guys are the flamethrower guys, these guys are the shock troopers, and so on and so forth. So they're colored differently, instead of the whole army has the same color scheme. It helps them be dis like you know distinguished between which unit is which, and makes them a little more special. So I just painted the chaff unit, they're poxwalkers, I just finished them up and whatever. Now, Ikit is on my docket. So, this week, by the time, yeah, by next week, I'll go full ham on Ike, give you the whole rundown, see how my experience of finally getting back into the rhythm of things and actually working on her, getting a word count for her story, because it's been so long since I had a chance to really sit down and work on her. And there's a challenge that I saw that I'm actually really interested to try on the show, and it's, can you, it, it's to write 10k words in a single day. And I want to see if I can try that. Next time we get a, a day off or a break, I'm going to see like a, you know, a, a weekend or a holiday or something. I'm going to bring it up on the show. I'm going to try that and we'll see how far I get. Because it's definitely really daunting. You're doing, oh, a, yeah. you're doing a fifth of NaNoWriMo in a single day versus the full month that you get to do it. So I'll probably do the whole percentage things and whatever when I talk about it next week. But... This is, uh, I'm getting the sleep schedule going. It's finally, it, what's the, what's the saying? Everything's coming up G-Night. Yep, everything's coming up G-Night. 